Hello and welcome to Is This Show Overrated? This is the small Beatles bit, uh, which is a sort of mini companion to our larger show. Last time we were asking, is flying overrated? And obviously, for our Beatles bit, we have to have the song Flying by the Beatles. Of course. Here it is. Jeremy is one of the few songs credited to all the Beatles. Harrison. Okay. Um, Starkey. I think he's called Starkey, isn't he? Yes, the, he is. Uh, yeah. Credits. Yeah. Uh, Lennon and McCartney. Okay, yeah. I was also thinking about that. Is it is it possibly the, the only instrumental? No, it's not the only one. Um, as we will now learn, as I turn to Revolution in the Head. The Beatles' uh, music in the 60s by uh, Ian MacDonald. Our Bible, if you like. Yeah. So, Flying was recorded on the 8th of September, 1967, in Abbey Road 3, and 28th of December, uh, September, sorry, uh, 1967, in Abbey Road 2, uh, with by produced by George Martin, and the engineers were Jeff Emmerich and Ken Scott. Ken Scott is not the same as Ken Stott. The <laughs> Scottish actor from The Vice and stuff. No. Who turned up in television in the 90s, is he? No. No. Uh, this is what uh, MacDonald has to say about flying. In their club days, the Beatles placed, paced their sets with many instrumentals, some original, others covers, including Cry for a Shadow. Oh, yeah. Uh, which featured in the group set from 1958 to 62. McCartney's Cat's Walk was later recorded by Chris Barber as Cat Call. Another McCartney instrumental from 57 to 9, Hot as Sun, was recorded on his first solo album. Oh yeah, I know that. In 1970, you know that, do you? Yeah. Uh, two more originals, Winston's Walk and Looking Glass, date from the same period. Winston is John's middle name, isn't it? That's it, yeah. Uh, during 1960s, the Beatles occasionally played The Shadows Apache. Okay. And a version of Harry Lyme, uh, the theme from The Third Man. Yeah. Other uh, covers included Dwayne Eddy's 330 Blues and Jet Harris and Tony Meehan's 1963 UK number one, Diamonds. Anyway, um, initially entitled Aerial Tour Instrumental and vaguely intended for a segment of the magical Mystery Tour soundtrack, Flying a Sleepy Sea Blues decorated with pseudo-Indian melismas and some beautiful, beautiful, very speed Mellotron by Lennon. What's very speed? Uh, it's when you uh, you change the sort of pitch of the sound by speeding and slowing down the tape. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was gently doodled in two casual sessions at either end of a chaotic fortnight's filming. For the programme. So they fit this in uh, between I Am the Walrus and The Fool on the Hill. So that's yeah. not a bad no. sandwich, is it? No, not at all, no. Um, so what do you make of it, flying? Yeah, I mean, 
the track, uh, the tracks on that EP, Blue Jay Way, uh, Flying, um, I Am The Warus, uh, those sort of tracks, for me, they always, I've said this before, but they always give me a sort of sense of um, of longing for an era that I was not a part of. A nostalgic pull. Yes, even more than Sgt. Pepper. Right. Um, they feel more sort of psychedelic and oh. there's something about that whole period. Yeah. Um, so although the track sort of ambles along, yeah. it's full of atmosphere for me. Yeah, it feels like dream-like a lot of that stuff, doesn't it? Um, like it's not operating the same laws of physics as, as us, Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's the drug influence. In that when you're on LSD, time speeds up or slows down and... Um, the physical world seems to have behaved differently. Yeah. Um, it's uh, just sums up, makes me feel of sort of late summer, mm. sort of, you know, that whole world that you wish you could have been part of. Yeah. You know, that the sort of 60s London, mm. you know, and all of, all of that. I mean, I'm sure it's not as glamorous as it's made out to be. No, but to be in a glorious summer in a garden... Yeah. Um, in the psychedelic era with that music. Yeah, I, I, I can understand the the allure and the uh, nostalgic pull. Um, yeah, so a minor thing by the Beatles, but not without his interest. Yeah, and obviously um, the, the EP that it was pulled from uh, accompanied the film, mm. uh, which was first shown on uh, Boxing Day in 1967. And I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago when it was shown on BBC Four over Christmas. Okay. Um, and I, I lost interest quite early on, which yeah. is quite extraordinary because I'm very much into the Beatles and am very supportive of their projects, even if they were catast- catastrophic as this was. Yeah. But it just did not interest me. No, the EP's better than the film. Mm. But. Um, Capitol Records sort of extended the, the EP into a full-length album and oh. uh, I, it became sort of part of the Beatles' can- you know, canon of, of recognised albums from sort of the mid-70s. Yeah, which you don't agree with. Uh, I prefer, you know, I'm a bit of a purist really oh. and I like the fact that the EP was released. If Stephen Stills is not on it, it's not a Beatles album, is it? No, and he's not on it as far as I'm aware. No. Uh, I like Magical Mystery Tour. I think it's uh, better than the White Album. Ooh, I can hear a few uh, sharp intakes of breaths from yeah. our Beatles fans around. around. There you are, I've said it. Magical Mystery Tour is better than the White Album. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you Fight know, me. it's, uh, it's got, you know, the uh, the singles uh, Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane are on that. And I Am The Walrus. Uh, All You Need Is Love and Baby I'm A Rich Man. And Hey Bulldog. Which no, is on Yellow not. Submarine. I always get the, <laughs> I always get that wrong. Uh, in fact, I always get Yellow Submarine mixed up with Magical Mystery Tour. I'm, I'm calling Yellow Submarine side three of Magical Mystery Tour. All right? That's how it works from now on. <laughs> uh, we've got a regular thing going on called Lennon in a Hat and McCartney's Mullets. Right. Uh, Lennon was always wearing hats. <laughs> And McCartney's mullets were just going, they sort of seemed to get to ludicrously irritating um, at the same time as he got ludicrously irritating. (laughs) Yeah, there's a correlation. There certainly is. 
So let's have a look at some photos. The first one I'm showing Jeremy is a colour photograph of John Lennon from Magical Mystery Tour. He's wearing an egg on his head. Yeah. For I Am the Egg Man. Yes. And a psychedelic kind of uh, caftan thing. God knows what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really describe the clothes, but the, the hat is essentially a, a shower cap stroke sort of cap you'd wear if you were sort of swimming, you know, like a swimming yeah. cap. Yeah, or Alan Partridge might wear as a misguided attempt to uh, be a zombie creature with a shower curtain. (laughs) Uh, The next photograph is of John Lennon and Ringo Starr looking at the camera. And Lennon's wearing, it's difficult to describe this hat. It's quite a normal looking hat. It's it's not a bowler and it's not a top hat. It's between the two. Yeah, Hat experts, if you know what that is, let us know. Yeah, it's... It reminds me of the sort of hat you get the um, the sort of uh, is it Hasidic Jews? Yes, it yeah. does. Yes, yeah. it, exactly like that. Yeah. Um, there's a side view of it. It's not a Homburg, is it? It could be a Homburg. No, no, that's got a dip in the middle. Oh, ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, um, in this photograph, I'm also looking at Paul McCartney, and he's wearing what can only be described as a tank top. Yeah, and a woolen tank top i'm thinking it's a tank top that reminds me of what frank spencer used to wear it <laughs> exactly <laughs> like frank spencer's tank top that uh mccartney and we can't see the back of his head but you can definitely see the hair going down the back mullet style yeah there. it's a it's a nascent uh mullet. <laughs> it's embryonic mullet <laughs> uh here's another look at that hat from lennon that's yeah. definitely a hasidic jew hat isn't it it is yeah, yeah. Um, and there we can see the embryonic mullet from side view. Yeah, he's um, he's got the sideboards at the moment, which we'll have to go to make it a full mullet. He's almost quite beetleish hair for Ringo in um, Paul there. Yeah, they seem to have regressed. Yeah. Um, so that was McCartney's mullets uh, uh, with a, uh, no, some mothers do have a pullover <laughs> and a Hasidic Jew hat for Lennon in a hat. that's what they were wearing Jer around about the time of flying by the Beatles yep Uh, okay it's time for the Beatles question and now it's the Beatles question for you Jer now we've got the Trivial Pursuit Beatles thing tell us about it okay so this is a a sort of offshoot of uh Trivial Pursuit. Um, you can buy it as a standalone game. It uh, contains, I think, 600 questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're now using that as uh, Vince, every show, uh, challenges me to a Beatles question. Uh, he used to do the research himself and sometimes still does. But, uh, yeah. but got, you know, God knows how many I got wrong because it was quite a half-assed research at the last minute. You know. <laughs> uh, it says on here that the question categories are blue for John, Paul, George or Ringo. Pink, no, they're red for albums and singles, yellow for history, purple for songs, green for on their own, and pink for movies. And you have to be age 16 or plus to play this. Okay. All right, so um, pick a colour. Blue. Blue for John, Paul, George, or Ringo. Uh, Which Beatle joined George at his 1971 charity concert? Paul McCartney. No. I thought you'd get that easily. Ringo. 
Ah, Ringo. It's always Ringo. He's the only one who'd ever turn up to anybody else's stuff <laughs> after 1971. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you know, you say it. Let's give him another chance to uh, redeem himself. So, apart, you can't have blue. No. So, it's either red, yellow, purple, green, or pink. Uh, pink. Pink. Movies. Yeah. In Help. Yeah. The truck used by Clang to chase the Beatles bears the name of what famous London store? Uh, Claridge's. No. Harrods. Harrods. Oh, oh that's my first that's choice. too wrong. Let's, should we go for a third? See if you can get anything out of this uh, catastrophe. <laughs> uh, so you can't have pink, you can't have blue. You can have red, yellow, purple or green. Uh, purple. Purple. Songs. Let's see what you're doing on songs. What instrument did Ringo play on P.S. I Love You? When the session's producer brought in another drummer. Did he play a tambourine? No, close. Maracas. Maracas. Yeah. Okay. Probably yeah. the bossa nova. <laughs> I didn't know he got replaced on PS I Love You. Yeah, he, um, he yeah, Andy White played on PS I Love You and Love, Love Me, Me Do. Do. Yeah. Oh, okay. But there's a Ringo version of Love Me Do. So there's two yeah. versions of Love Me Do. One of them's uh, the, the single mm. and one of them's the uh, on the album. Mm-hmm. The Ringo version, I think, is on the album, and the you can tell the Andy White version because there's Ringo's playing a tambourine on that. Ah, yeah. Is there a Ringo version of P.S. I Love You? Um, no, not that I'm aware of. No. Wow. No. That's a good Beatles trivia question to trick someone with. I don't think they recorded a version with uh, with him on the drums. Do you think Jimmy Nickel played it live on the tour? Uh no. Just to rub it in. <laughs> No, I'm not sure what Jimmy Nickel would have played. Uh, Do you think Pete Best played it in the bands he was in after the Beatles? What, P.S. I Love You? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought so. Well, he should have. Yeah. yeah. Him and Jimmy Nickel should have played it whenever uh, Ringo was around. <laughs> and he would go, damn, I wish I was on that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's your go. Um, what happened? Uh, we're going to do a new regular thing. It's uh, This Day in Beatles History. Yeah. And we we're going to get as near as we can to sort of to the, the the day of recording, really, which is the fifth of August. Yeah, fifth of August. So the closest we can get, um, and uh, we're going to sort of match the year that Flying was recorded. Yeah. So nineteen sixty-seven, and the closest we can get is Tuesday, the twenty-second of August. Tuesday, the twenty-second of August, nineteen sixty-seven. This day in Beatles history, the first of two consecutive evenings at Chapel Recording Studios a central London facility owned by the Musical Instrument and Publishing Company. They interrupted what would otherwise have been a 70-day, 72-day interlude between Beatle recording sessions. Work on both evenings began at 7pm. The Beatles recording Paul's Your Mother Should Know, and though it was later remade at EMI, it was this chapel version with 29th of September EMI overdubs, which made it onto the Magical Mystery Tour EP. End of session times were not unnoted, although for the 22nd of August, Chapel invoiced EMI for more than twice as much studio time as it did for the 23rd, suggesting that the first session was quite long and the second quite short. Wow. So Chapel. Chapel Recording Studios, yep. Uh, Your mother should know. Yeah. Which is a very easy listening kind of Beatles song. It is, yeah, and it's uh, one of those standalone songs that appears on that EP. Mm, Not keen, to be honest. No. It's all right. It's it's, it's part of that McCartney um, kind of uh, music hall 
Yeah. Uh, when I'm 64. Knees up. Knees up. Yeah. yeah. Knees up, Mother Brown. Um, yeah. M- mullet, mullets, mullet music. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, mullet music. Mullet music, that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's obviously skillfully done. Yeah, as always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a sort of standout track. No, flying's better. Yeah. Than the mullet music of your mother should know. Yeah. Perfectly fine Beatles song, but just not, you know. Of course, you know, the whole... Put it next to I Am The Walrus. Yeah. I mean, of course, the whole Magical Mystery Tour sort of thing was driven by McCartney, wasn't Mm. it? By by his mullet, I should think. (laughs) Yeah. You ever seen um, How to Get Ahead in Advertising? A film by Bruce Robinson in the late 80s, made after his big hit with Nail and I. It right. stars Richard E. Grant as an advertising executive who's got a boil on his neck that grows into a second head. Okay. That talks to him and growls and tells him to do things, sort of influencing him. Okay. Yeah. That's McCartney's mullet, I keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Growing on the back of Paul's head. <laughs> to, for, for malignly influencing. It's the malign McCartney mullet. <laughs> it's saying, make... Your mother should know, Paul. <laughs> Probably in a sort of Beatles act, uh, Liverpudlian accent, which you can do better than me. Hey, wear that tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly how it sounds. <laughs> okay, this has been our um, tiny, tiny show, the, the, the sort of accompaniment to our big show about... Flying is flying overrated. This is the Beatles section of it, um, in which we've talked about eggs, pullovers, and that's about it, really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, a sort of malevolent mullet. <laughs> malevolent mullets. <laughs> uh, now, remember, it's better to be underrated than overrated. I'm Vince Staden. I'm Jeremy Waugh. Good night. Good night.